0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word of prayer. My name is Tom Short. So I'm glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to change our life. So I have a question for you. Is what you believe about creation, evolution, about Genesis, about your origins, does it affect the way you live? Does it affect the way other people live? I'd like to answer that question today as we continue to look at this really, really important question of genesis of creation evolution we ask ourselves is creation true is evolution true what should we as christians believe and how does it affect the way we live i often talk to students about what's known as the old college questions it used to be known as the college questions but nowadays they're not talked about that much anymore and yet the the idea is once you complete your higher education you should be able to adequately answer the four questions I'm going to show you here. Sadly, education now, higher education has become mostly just about getting a job, being prepared technically for so many people. But those people who still do think of these college questions, even though they don't use them that way anymore, they're given the wrong answer. Let's look at what they are and let's see at the difference here. The old college questions, simply there's four of them. Who am I? or what's my identity? How did I get here? What's my purpose in life? And what's my destiny? Where am I going? And those, when a person's educated, they should be able to answer those questions. By the way, I might add, if you are uh, raising your children, you better have them have the answer to those questions long before they go into college. Those are questions that you don't have to wait until you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, or 30 to answer those questions those are questions we ought to be answering by the time we're into adolescence who am i if you are a if you if you believe in what we'll call naturalistic evolution and i will grant that in the those who believe in evolution there's a wide spectrum of what people believe about these questions and yet i've also got to say the primary proponents of the theory of evolution the primary people teaching it, and who really think it through and think through the implications of what they're teaching, most of them come down on the side I'm about to give you. Now, there are certainly Christians who believe in evolution who may not come down on this side, but understand that the the what they're understanding as truth and true science would lead them to this conclusion if they really took it to where it leads. All right, here we go. What... There's no, if if, if evolution is the basis, it's how we got here, who am I? Well, I'm an animal. I'm an animal. I'm an advanced animal, but I'm I'm, I'm related to chimpanzees. I'm related to other animals. I'm related, ultimately, I'm related to insects. That you go back far enough, and I'm just an animal. I'm just a living creature. How did I get here? Well, I got here by evolution. But evolution is a process of chance. It's a process where mutations happen, accents in the in reproducing the genetic code. And from those mutations, some happen to be helpful, enable me to adapt to my environment, and uh, I, I end up surviving. I'm more fit. I'm stronger. I'm better fit for the environment. That's how I got here. Well, what's my purpose in life? If I believe in evolution, if that's really what guides my worldview, my purpose is to survive. And to make sure that my genes get into the next generation, my genes survive, my genes make it. In other words, I reproduce and uh, and make sure that my offspring have the greatest possibility of, of survival and the th- of success. Well, what's my destiny? What do you mean your destiny? You're just an animal. You're just a creature. You're here by evolution. You're stardust. Your advanced stardust is what you are at the most basic level. And, you know, a few dollars worth of chemicals is what you are. And when you die, you'll be eaten by maggots. You'll, or unless you're cremated, then you'll just, your ashes will be spread. But that's it. That's your eternity. But those of us who believe a couple verses that guide our worldview, and indeed, I should say that as Christians, we ought to meditate on these verses probably a lot more than we do. First one's real simple, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This establishes him as the sovereign, the authority, the maker, the creator, the one who put it all into into action. This gives him a place where his word, his thoughts are supreme. And what does God say on that sixth day? Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds and over the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we get back to these college questions and we think about these verses as well as I might add, we think of what Jesus said were the great commandments that God had given us. This was what we read in Genesis was our original creation mandate. What Jesus taught then in Matthew 22 was the great commandments that God expects of us. But the old college questions, who am I? Well, I'm a human being. I'm a whole lot more than an animal because I'm made in the likeness of God. No other, no animals made in the likeness of God, but you and I are. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what that means, but somehow we worship, we have a conscience, we make moral decisions, we're thought, we, we think, we create, we do, we, we're human beings. We're made in God's image. Well, how did I get here? You didn't get here by an accident. You weren't here by by just the natural selection and mutations. No, you were created by Almighty God. You were placed on this earth by God Himself. And as we know, God gave us a purpose. So you, you're your special creation, your life is significant. What's my purpose? Well, here we have the purpose. We're to rule the earth. We're to we're to be fruitful, we're to multiply, we're to spread out, we're to. Take this earth, we're to civilize it, shall we say? We're to rule it, we're to subdue it, and later on in Matthew twenty-four or twenty-three, where Jesus, Matthew twenty-two, Matthew twenty-two verses thirty-four through thirty-seven, where Jesus teaches that the great commandment were to love God and love our neighbors, ourself. We're we're really ultimately put here to glorify God, and we glorify God by serving Him and serving others. We glorify God not by putting ourselves first having it all about me, making sure I survive, I get to the top, but by rather serving and loving as the example of what Christ set for us. And what is my destiny? Well, my destiny, I'm eternal, and I will live forever one of two places, either heaven or hell. This is my ultimate destiny. And I was created to have relationship with God. I was created to go to heaven. I was created to live in God's kingdom. I was created for this purpose. But if I reject that purpose, then I have eternal destiny that is one of, of, of the consequence in a place called hell. So this, my friends, this is really significant. We ask ourselves today, what's wrong with our culture? Why are so many people seem uh, directionless? Why do so many young men have, seem to have no purpose in life? Why do so many young? Why are so many people on depression drugs? Why are so many people lacking significance, purpose? Why why do people lash out in anger and violence the way they do? What what's going on in our culture? Well, we we understand something very simply. If you if you see your life and your place in this world in connection with God, and loving God and serving others. That you're a human being made in God's image, and there is an eternal destiny, and there is an eternal judgment, and there is an accountability to the Almighty. You're going to live your life very differently than if you think you're just an animal who got here by chance, and you're just stardust, and your only purpose is to survive. What what you know what's that if your life depressed if you're depressed, and that when you die you're just ash or chemicals, or you just rot. And there's nothing to you. Can live entirely differently. And we have trained and generations now of Americans in our culture and in the Western culture, we've trained generations to think as if they are mere animals. And so why are we surprised when with this the way they respond sexually, the sexual activity that's just gross and, and depraved and, and disgusting, the violence that goes on, the lack of meaning, the lack of purpose, the the lack of direction. It ought to be expected. This understanding of our origins is important. It matters. It matters. Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3 have so much to say to what is wrong in our culture today. And when we neglect it or we just mythologize it away, we suffer greatly. And indeed, a lot of the breakdown in our culture, this is why it is. I'm reminded of a story with a guy named... Harmet Harmit, I believe his name uh, helped me with this, but he's uh, from the University of Florida. And he would come out onto campus and he would often heckle me. He didn't believe in God. He was raised Jewish, but he had no faith in God. and uh, and he would often make fun, and he would often heckle and so forth for, you know, finally, his senior year, his last semester, spring semester, it's going to be the last time he saw me. He'd probably been out there and interacted with me a dozen times throughout his college career. It's last time, and he didn't believe in God. It's a little bit more serious this time. He told me he was graduating, moving on. I said, "Harvey, be, be real honest with me. What, what, why don't you believe in God? What's really at the issue? And he said, Tom, step back, look. Look at the universe. Look at the stars. Look at, look at, there's billions of stars out there, and there's billions of people on this earth. And let's face it, Tom, you and I are nothing. We're insignificant. We're meaningless. We're just a speck of dust. Well, you know, if all you looked at was science and all you looked at as that, you might be right. But in Psalm 8, David says, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy hands, the thing that what you have created, what is man that thou will take, take thought of him. And yet you've made man just a little lower than the angels. You've crowned us with glory, honor. You've given us dignity. And this is what I tra- challenge this young man with. I said, I, I can see how if the if all you see is a material world and you think that's all that there is, you could conclude your life is meaningless and significant. But does your gut agree with that? Deep in your heart, don't you sense that there is a purpose in life, that you do have value, that you are significant, that there's something bigger out there? And this is where when we want to discover what's true, what I, science is a fine way to discover the physical universe. But if you think that's all that exists, and that's all that there is, and you remove from us that we're made in the image of God, and that we have a soul, a spirit, we'll live eternally. There's something eternal within us. There's something significant within us. You cannot measure it scientifically. You cannot touch it, but it's real, and it's there. And what I urge people, don't deny it. Don't reject that. Listen to that voice. Listen to that conscience. That comes from God. And God is telling you there's more to this world than just what you can see and touch. There's something significant. You have a soul. You have a soul. You're made in God's image. You're important. Listen to that voice. Follow that voice. Hear what it has to say. Allow God to be speaking to you because that's God drawing you to himself and trying to tell you the true significance of your life. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you today that we're not merely an animal. We're human beings made in the very likeness of God. We thank you've given us a purpose. You've called us to subdue this earth. You've called us to be fruitful, to multiply. You've called us to love and to serve. You've called us to be like you. You've called us into relationship with you. Oh father if we lose sight of this we've lost sight of what really counts. If we lose sight of this we'll be like the my friend there in Florida who just his life he thought was meaningless and insignificant. Why live? Why suffer? Why go through hardship? Why endure if that's the case? And father help remind us you've given us purpose. You've given us reason to be here. You have made us and that remind us also there is an eternal destiny, a judgment that we all have. I pray today father We thank you that you forgive us of our sins. But help us to remember this day that the way we act, our attitudes, the way we treat people, the way we spend our time, all that we do, one day we'll give an account to you. We'll all stand before your judgment seat. We are eternal creatures. This life has big, significant ramifications of what eternity will look like. Help us to live this day in light of that day when we stand before you. We pray for this. We bless you. We pray, Father, in our country. So many people have drowned out that conscience, that voice that really comes from you, telling us that our life matters. And so many people feel their life doesn't matter. So much drug use, so much suicide, so much mental illness, so much depression. Oh, Lord, all this, the consequence of rejecting you. Help us, Lord, help it not to bleed over into our lives, those of us who love you. Help us not to embrace the values of those who have rejected you. Help us to stand out and be different this day and to live as if all you say in your word is true. We do believe it. We want to live in light of it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I hope you find this encouraging. If you do, I hope you subscribe and join us every day. I do my best every day to give us a message that will make a difference in our life. I believe this is an important one. This whole series we're going over the next couple of weeks. Why is creation credible? And is evolution really as true as we've been led to believe? So if you're new, welcome. Subscribe. Join with us. Leave a comment below. Introduce yourself. I'd love to know who you are. If if you would like to join us, we're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live or you can watch the video later in the day or you can even just listen to the podcast on the Apple Spotify or Google platforms. If you're here re- regularly, I know you're growing and I know the seed that we're sowing is falling on good soil. That's you, your good soil. The Word of God, I know it's getting planted in your life and that's encouraging to me. I know it's making a difference in your life. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, fill you with truth, wisdom, and knowledge. Remember, you got something the world didn't give, so don't let the world take it away. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.